Everybody, thank you, Nina Simone. The first time I heard Nina Simone with a Central Park blues album, I didn't know who she was. I was enthralled. I mean, when she did all those Bach riffs in the middle of Central Park blues and Love Me or Leave Me. Oh, yeah, this is Eric Mann, the host of Voices from the Frontlines. I was 17, and Nina Simone just swept me off my feet and still does, so that's why we open and close with Nina Simone. We open with Here Comes the Sun, and we leave with uh, I Did It My Way. So, hey, everybody, we have a lot to talk about, and I'm really thrilled about our voices, listeners, and how you've come through on this. So let's start with several things. So this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement-building show. And this is called Part 2 of the call on Senator Bernie Sanders to stop his demand for the overthrow of President Maduro and the government of Venezuela. Now, it's a very serious conversation. You could say it's a very serious charge. But we've gotten wonderful, wonderful letters from you, listeners, which I'm going to read virtually all of them today. And then we're going to start again with the chilling, chilling uh, statement of Bernie Sanders because each time you hear it, it's worse. But I'm going to give Ricky a little, just a little moment of clarity. Um, What's this show about? Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement-building show, 
is trying to build a real movement. I was built in the movement. It's funny, I was built. Yeah, I was constructed in the black and Latino and anti-war movements of the 1960s and the 1970s. So we began with the U.S. out of Vietnam, bring the troops home. We began with one side's right and one side's wrong, and we're on the side of the Viet Cong. We understood that they really were dropping napalm on the backs of beautiful Vietnamese children. Our government was doing so. There's a sense of outrage. I'm outraged at what our government is doing in Venezuela today. And I think by now some of us know, but the first thing to know is that uh, thanks to the work of Jeanette Charles and others that I now know that Venezuela is an Afro-descendant country. More than 60% of the people there identify as Afro-descendant. I'm going to tell you later about my experience in Venezuela and I believe the 2006 election of Hugo Chavez. But what we're going to do today, let me try to frame it. We're not going to just talk about what we don't like about Bernie Sanders and what he said about Venezuela, but the whole concept of how the show is coming together, our podcast, the wonderful emails we've gotten at Eric at Voices from the Frontlines. We got over 15 emails last week, thoughtful emails, not just uh, thumbs up and stuff. I need you to do a very similar thing, which is call me. Uh, and write me at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com as we continue part two of the discussion of how to stop the U.S. government from attacking the Venezuelan government. That's the main point, of which, unfortunately, Bernie Sanders in front of 14 million viewers, two million of them were on Univision, which is a Spanish-language television program, 14 million people who could have been won over, at least to hear for the first time, the concept of hands-off Venezuela and the sanctions. Bernie could have said that. He could have said, I will not interfere in the internal affairs. And more, I want Trump to stop the sanctions. Over 40,000 people have been killed in Venezuela. He had that chance to say that to 14 million people. But let's now listen instead to what he said. Vamos a hablar de América Latina. You haven't been asked about Latin America in the previous debate, so uh, let's begin. Uh, Senator Sanders, one country where many immigrants are arriving from is Venezuela. A recent UN fact-finding mission found that thousands have been disappeared, tortured, and killed by government forces in Venezuela. You admit that Venezuela does not have free elections, but still you refuse to call Nicolás Maduro un dictador, a dictator. Can you explain why and what are the main differences between your kind of socialism and the one being imposed in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua? Well, first of all, let me be very clear. Anybody who does what Maduro does is a vicious tyrant. What we need now is international and regional cooperation for free elections in Venezuela so that the people of that country can make and can create their own future. You have to hear it, see, because when you see it in writing, it's terrible. But when you hear his horrible voice go, I, I want to tell you how he is a dictator and a tyrant, you really get scared. Because, so let me make the case. Right now, the United States is already interfering in the internal affairs of Venezuela, as many of you know. Uh, a man named Juan Guaido initiated a coup d'etat 
which failed. Now, had it succeeded, what do you think would have happened? For those of you who know about the coup that did take place against Salvador Allende in, I believe, 1970 in Chile during, you know, the period of the height of the 60s, a man named Pinochet came to power, just as Guaido would come to power. Did you know that 4,000 organizers, activists, Victor Hara, the wonderful folk singer and revolutionary, were murdered, 4,000 assassinations, which is most of whom were tortured before they were killed. Did you know that the different estimates, 10,000 to 20,000 people were imprisoned, political prisoners? The number for torture is hard to number. They're talking about 20,000 to 30,000. Let's be very clear. If this U.S.-sponsored coup took place and succeeded, and there's a good chance Nicolas Maduro would have been assassinated right on the spot, and many of the Chavistas would have been murdered right on the spot. So now we get into this strange concept of what exactly did Bernie say and what did he mean? Well, it was pretty clear. If a country is already having free elections and Maduro has been elected freely, if you say you want a regional and international cooperation for free elections, what you're saying is you want to overthrow Maduro and have free elections, but they had free elections. Now, they did in Cuba, they didn't have a classic bourgeois free election. But if there was an election, Fidel Castro would have won 95% of the vote. But here's the point. If you say that Castro is a vicious tyrant and the United States goes and has the Bay of Pigs, don't say, wait, 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 I didn't say we should have a Bay of Pigs. Because here's the thing you need to understand, my friends who really care about Bernie Sanders and I believe in the Democratic Party. Bernie Sanders has no ability to stop an invasion of Venezuela at this point. But he has the ability to help that invasion. That's what's sad. What he just did was help the invasion. Because if you don't think Trump, if there's another invasion, another coup says, even that socialist Bernie Sanders said that Maduro is a vicious tyrant and we called for free elections and we overthrew him, Bernie Sanders is creating cover for the overthrow of the, the government. If I have to make that as a harder argument, then we're just not in the same world. Now, Bernie had a tremendous opportunity because this guy was throwing him, uh, obviously, a right, you know, a curveball to the right. This is what Bernie could have said. I'm a democratic socialist, whatever that means, we'll get to that. But this isn't about Maduro and me because you don't think I'm Maduro and Maduro doesn't think I'm me. But our government is intervening in the internal affairs of a duly elected president. We are carrying out sanctions right now in which 40,000 people are being killed because sanctions, you don't understand what that means. It means you steal Venezuelan money that are in the banks. You, you just take the money in a British bank and say, I've confiscated. It's called theft. That's what the British do. You cause starvation. You uh, suppress the, the price of oil. You hurt the trade of Venezuela. But here's another thing that you didn't understand. Who is coming to the aid of Maduro and the Venezuelans? Did you know that Russia is? And Vladimir Putin. But here's the point. 
the government of the United States calls Putin a dictator. The word dictator is thrown around so easily. Did you know that Putin and China, South Africa, and I believe Iran are all lining up around protecting Venezuela, including selling them arms and helping them with an oil agreement between Russia and Venezuela, which is very, very good. I support Russia against the United States in this present situation in Venezuela, and we should all sh- should, which means seriously when you're on Saturday Night Live and you see the stupid, stupid anti-Putin, and Alec Baldwin is just a joke, he should just get off that show. The, the, you know, the caricature of Trump and then the caricature of Putin and all these smug Democrats. Meanwhile, it's the United States who's invading Venezuela, and it was Obama who started the sanctions, okay? So that's the basic contour. Now, but here's the difference that I was trying to figure out if I can convey to you. I don't know if some of you know who I am. So my name is Eric Mann. I think you know I'm the host of Voices from the Frontlines. I don't think you understand. I've been a civil rights and environmental justice, communist at times, always anti-imperialist organizer. What you don't know about me is I win things when I organize. If I was going to get Bernie to change, if I wanted to spend the next four, five, six months of my life trying to get Bernie Sanders to change his position, I believe I could. But I would have to get up every morning and work on this 12 hours a day. I want to thank Court Green for the Los Angeles Alternative Media Network. Uh, He sent some wonderful emails. I want to thank Venezuela and Today and other groups. We could build this movement And we have to build a movement to get people like Bernie Sanders to change their position. I don't have the energy to make this my full-time job because my full-time job is to fight for no cars in LA, free public transportation, no police on the trains and buses, no police in the schools, and stop the MTA attacks on black passengers. But I'm adding, and my organization is adding, hands off Venezuela as part of our campaign. And we're going to take this out into the community, and we're not going to keep talking about Bernie, okay? We're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about that Obama started this. We're going to tell the great things that the Venezuelans are doing. But we just came off a Democratic primary fight in which Bernie Sanders, you've got to understand this, chose to make this one of his key points. So now, again, 14 million people heard this attack on Maduro, So we have to do everything we can to make Bernie know that we're furious at what he did. Is that fair? Now, I received a very, very thoughtful, really a very intelligently argued letter. Uh, Her name is Patricia D. I'm not sure if she wanted me to uh, use her full name, but she knows who she is. And uh, I appreciate the letter. Very thoughtful. It's a criticism. And I'm going to come to read a lot of her criticism and disagreement with me because that's how you could understand things better. But first, I want to read at least a couple of the about 15 letters that we got um, supporting us. But more importantly, write these numbers down, 202-224-5141 and try 202-866-0044 which works especially well between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. Pacific time. All right, so the one I know is right is 202-224-5141. 
You got that? 202-224-5141. Call Bernie Sanders today and also call him tomorrow during the business hours. So I'm going to read Patricia in a few minutes and give her a lot of time. But I want to read a couple. As a Sanders supporter, I applaud your opinion on his position on Venezuela. A Sanders supporter. Sanders is wrong on this one. Thank you and continue the fight. Nelson P. Thank you, Nelson. In the future, when you write to me at Eric from Voices from the Frontlines, just say, yes, you can use my full name because I'm going to be using a lot of your letters. And I hope you know if you disagree with me, I promise I'll read them in, in the same tone as if you agree with me. I think you know me about that. I respect you. Glad that you write to me. And I'm honored that you write to me. So Eric at Voices from the Frontlines. At the bottom, just say yes. Use my full name. Otherwise, I'll just use your first name and an initial, okay? Um, just called. Thanks. I keep telling my wife who keeps sending him money. He's no better than Obama. Any third party is better. Jeff H. Hi, Eric. I'm a great Santa supporter. But I'm 100% agree with regarding Venezuela as well as Syria. Absolutely right. I just hope he hires someone with more knowledge about foreign policy, Jorge M. Jorge, I would say, at his age and at my age, he don't need to hire nobody. By now, he should know what he thinks. And if he doesn't know what he thinks, keep quiet on national television. But thank you, Jorge. Very good point. Um, I've been a Bernie fan since before the last election. I voted for Bernie in the last election primary. I've been an enthusiastic supporter of and donated to his campaign this time around. But the remarks on Maduro and Venezuela in the last Democratic debate have made it impossible for me to contribute further. I call on Bernie Sanders to back down his repudiation on Maduro and his call for foreign intervention in Venezuela. Not his exact words, but let's not play dumb here. And I want to thank Vince M. because I'm now going to go into Patricia because here's the point. This is an obvious call, and Vince says, but let's not play dumb. He didn't specifically say let's overthrow the government, but that's what he said. So let's go back to the numbers, okay? Just give me a second here. All right, so here's where we're going. We want to get twice as many calls today and tomorrow to Bernie Sanders. We want to get twice as many emails to me at Eric at Voices from the Frontlines. We want to get twice as many of you, which would be about 20, to go on VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com and register so you get the weekly email that Channing Martinez and I put out every week. And then I'd like you to go on SoundCloud and re-listen to this and give us the, whatever the highest rating is because tell other people to listen to us as a podcast, okay? Podcast, Bernie. Email to me at Eric at Voices from the Frontlines and go on VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com and register. We put a lot of time, I'd say two or three hours, in producing the Tuesday morning coming attractions email. So please get on the mailing list. That way you'll know it's Tuesday morning. If you get confused, just say, oh, it must be Tuesday morning. It'll even help you there, okay? So you're on Voices from the Frontlines, 90.7 FM on KPFK. So you're going to call 202. 224-5141 is the main line. You got it? Then you're also going to call 866-220-0044. Now, I want to get to uh, Patricia's letter. I want to read a lot of it because it's very thoughtful, and I want to explain my disagreement. 
I was dismayed to find in my morning email the demand that Bernie Sanders, quote, withdraw his call to overthrow the government of Venezuela. While there's reason to object to Sanders' answer to moderator Jorge Ramos's question on why he refuses to call Nicolas Maduro a dictator, to conclude that Bernie made such a call to overthrow a government is fraudulent. Uh, let's remember, fraudulent is a pretty serious charge. Uh, not distorted, not exaggerated, but fraudulent, she says. Saunders, in fact, supports the opposite position. Rather than backing the U.S. practice of inserting a leader it likes, he has never once deviated from his belief that's the right of the people of Venezuela to decide what kind of government they want. I don't think she heard the same exact quote that we're going to play again and again. It's incumbent upon those familiar with Venezuela to point out the hubris of supporting apparatuses to monitor election when, one, fair elections have already been conducted, and two, when monitoring parties hail from countries that have coast-to-coast class action lawsuits charging with evidence vote tampering in their own elections, but if Sanders presents such a proposal as legitimately goodwilled, are we to interpret him as naive or sinister? For all Sanders is able to predict, monitoring elections could just as easily confirm the conclusions Jimmy Carter reached during the years he was a witness. For however chauvinistic this practice is found to be in the final analysis, are we able to charge with evidence that Sanders' position to issue this call only to cloak what is really an imperialist coup to oust the current leader. So let's take a minute. You admit that it's an imperialist coup to to, uh, oust Maduro. But has Maduro right now asked Bernie Sanders to call for free elections? Hugo Chavez had an election. He asked Jimmy Carter to come in. He asked international observers to come in. He's already been elected. There's no election in Venezuela right now. Is that a good-natured thing to say in the middle of a duly elected government on a democratic convention with 14 million voters that I want an international to, to assure free elections? I don't think that's honest. I'm sorry. There's already had free elections. To compare Jimmy Carter, who actually in his later years has become a very decent, if not anti-imperialist, trying to be a decent American to what Bernie just did to get himself elected president. I'm sorry, Patricia, you're, you're too intelligent for that. <clears throat> Your posted article says that we're sure. It goes to say that Sanders called for an international force to invade Venezuela and accuses Sanders of supporting imperialist socialism. These are incendiary, exaggerated claims as the final one to charge that referring to duly elected President Maduro simply as Maduro is racist and insulting. As Ramos had always identified Nicolas Maduro as Venezuelan's president, outside of formal capacities, is entirely within everyday custom to answer with only the surname in a conversation, especially when minutes count. Wait, minutes count? He can't say President Maduro? He has to call him Maduro because his minutes count? All right. Can we make the same charge against Eric Mann and Jeanette Charles when the company podcast to the post I referred to, Chavez is referred to Chavez and Allende Allende? Well, let me just say this. This is all interesting. This is for people that have nothing else to do but play around with words. Right now, the United States government is in Venezuela. 
it sounds like everything is just an argument. You write a thing, I write a thing. The essence is he's calling for, he called the man a vicious tyrant. I didn't make that up. That is calling for an overthrow of a vicious tyrant. That's my interpretation. There's many other things. Uh, oh, this is good. Man then takes the exaggeration to another level. He criticizes Sanders for living in a state with virtually no black people and no Latinos and claims Sanders stole his Senate seat without offering a framework to support the charge. This level of criticism is all of a contour with man's references to people who defend Sanders as viable candidate under the restrictions of our current political predicament as Bernie lunatics. Photos, too, are not arbitrary or accidental. What was behind the choice to select the one presented on the website? All right, are you even following this? Let, let me make a point. I was just reading a book about the 1972 political, black political convention. In that black political convention, black people called for proportional representation, saying that the U.S. government system is so unfair because white people are so overwhelmingly represented in the Senate because of how the states are organized. So they say under proportional representative, there are 100 members of the Senate, 15 should be black because black people are 15% of the population. Do you think that would be a more free election? I do believe it is. Is that something I made up? No, I don't. I come out of that tradition. All right, I'm asking you a question. Think, voices, listeners, this is Eric Mann on KPFK. How many million people are in Vermont? I'm going to give you three choices. 10 million, 5 million, or 3 million, okay? In your mind, you know the answer? 675,000. There's not even a million people in Vermont, and they get two senators. Two. Don't you think that's inherently racist? Bernie's not a racist, but don't you think he's benefiting from a racist system? What is the black population of Vermont? 1.5%. The Latino population, about 1%. The indigenous point population, 0.3%. For thousands of years, thousands, Mohawk and other Indians were in Vermont. The white settlers came, first the French, and then the British, who took it from the French, and took Vermont. The state system in the United States was created precisely to prevent a democratic possibility. That's why everybody talks about states' rights. So a little group of white people in Vermont call themselves a state, and they get two senators, and I believe only one congressperson. Here's another math problem for you. How many black people were in Los Angeles in 1970? Answer, 750,000, more than the present population of Vermont. How many senators did black people get in South Central? Those 750, if, if we believe in, if you say you don't believe in the Electoral College, you do. But now that Trump won through the Electoral College, now you woke up to it. But if you don't believe in the Electoral College, then you shouldn't believe in the state system. And if you don't believe in the state system, then... Any group of people, every group of 500 or 750 people, 
750,000 could just constitute themselves as a group and get a senator into this, right? So Bernie, there's two senators from Vermont, both white, of course, and Bernie took advantage of a profoundly unfair situation and never talks about it, never talks about it. So now you have a, a nation of Venezuela that's 60% Afro-Latino, uh, Afro-descendant, and a white man from a state that had no right to have a senator says he wants free elections in another country, and you're not appalled by it. That's Eric Mann's framework. That's also Malcolm X's framework, my teacher. That's also the Amiri Baraka's framework. That's also 10,000 people in Gary, Indiana, voted for that framework in 1972 at the National Black Political Convention. See, so you think I'm just trying to score points? Look, if Bernie Sanders takes advantage of the whiteness in Vermont and kept coming out for black people and coming out for black people and coming out for indigenous, I'd still think it was wrong that he got the job, but that would not be a thing I'm trying to say. Now let's listen to how ethnic and indigenous and black and Latino is Bernie's, Bernie's and women and female is Bernie, Bernie's version of socialism. Can we play part two of his clip? In terms of democratic socialism, to equate what goes on in Venezuela with what I believe is extremely unfair. I'll tell you what I believe in terms of democratic socialism. I agree with what goes on in Canada and in Scandinavia, guaranteeing health care to all people as a human right. I believe that the United States should not be the only major country on earth not to provide paid family and medical leave. I believe that every worker in this country deserves a living wage and that we expand the trade union movement. I happen to believe also that what, to me, democratic socialism means is we deal with an issue we do not discuss enough, Jorge, not in the media and not in Congress. You got three people in America owning more wealth than the bottom half of this country. You got a handful of billionaires controlling what goes on in Wall Street, the insurance companies, and in the media. Maybe, just me, maybe, what we should be doing is creating an Thank economy you. that works for all of us, not 1%. That's my understanding of Democrat. Now here, you're being very nice. Send me an email at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. You're on kpfk.org, 90.7. FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, and streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. You're at, this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. Um, I'd like you to send me an email, which I'll read next week, because we're going to get to Elizabeth Warren soon. And Channing, we want to cue her up, because she's next on the conversation. I don't want you to think that we're not going to also try to interrogate some of her strengths and weaknesses, but starting with her, sorry, her attacks on China. So we're going to move from Venezuela soon to the attacks on China. I want you to call Bernie Sanders at 202-224-5141 and call him also at 866-220-0044. Bernie Sanders, 202-224-5141. 866 tomorrow during business, you know, East Coast time, 220 Then you send me an email, Eric 
at VoicesFromTheFrontLines.com. Then you go on the website, VoicesFromTheFrontLines.com, and you register. And then you go on SoundCloud, if you could, or Apple Podcasts, and listen to the podcast and give us a great rating, which we would really appreciate. Because we're trying to build activist radio, and you are responding very, very well. Now, what do you... These I'm talking to people who like Bernie Sanders, but I think also like me. And you ask yourself, is Eric Mann being fair? Let me now. Let me respond to what you just heard. Right? We gave Bernie. This is Bernie's choice. Right? He's in front of 14 million people. He can say whatever he wants. Did I distort him, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Is this not Mr. Sanders' direct statement? Mr. Sanders, are those the correct statements that you just made? Yes, sir. Okay, Bernie. So you agree with what you just said? Of course. Here's where I take issue. Number one, Bernie, I don't know why you need to keep calling this democratic socialism. Number one, you can, but as a pro-communist socialist, this has nothing to do with socialism. This is just imperialism with benefits. Imperialism under Franklin Delano Roosevelt fought for everything you want. As you admit, he he didn't call himself a socialist. He believed, in fact, he was better than you on this. He said he believed the government was responsible from the cradle to the grave to provide services for people. Now, you've talked about benefits, but here's what you could have said without even saying the word socialism. Number one, I believe in free, full, and legal abortion for women. Why don't you mention that, Bernie, if that's part of your socialism? Because I think you're out to get the white male vote. How's that? I think you're afraid to say race. You're afraid to say gender. You're afraid to say international rights. You know that Trump got a lot of these crazy white people. And even though you don't think so, Bernie, you defer to the white male model. Did you say there's a million black people in prison and my democratic socialism will get those million black people? You didn't use the word black, did you, Bernie? Didn't use the word women. You were on the indigenous Candidates night, where you did great. You had a chance to bring indigenous rights in front of 14 million people. And all you talked about was free medical care and paid leave and economic issues that could possibly assuage the savage white male beast, which is your theory. You didn't mention women. You didn't mention indigenous. You didn't mention international human rights. You didn't mention climate for those of you who like Bernie, aren't you a little bit horrified yourself at his choices? I didn't make those choices, but I'm going to call it like I see it, and I think some of you will really agree. So we're not even talking about Maduro for a minute. When he gets to his socialism, it's such a morally bankrupt socialism. It has no soul. It's all about economics, as if life is about economics. There's billions of Catholics all over the world. It's, there's Buddhists. There's communists, there's people that have been drawn to a vision of a better world, and there's no vision of a better world for Bernie. It's just more stuff. If I'm elected, you get more stuff. I'm telling you, he's running third in Iowa, and if I was a Sanders supporter, I think you know, Don, he's losing his appeal because that a very good appeal that he did against Hillary, which he was very, very good four years ago, is getting old, it's getting tired, and in my opinion, Elizabeth Warren, with all her many limitations, at least has some soul for a white person. That's what I think. And there's some 
tone in her voice. There's some ethics. There's some moral argument she's at least striving for. I mean it. And she's a woman. And she's more compelling. She's better on indigenous rights. She's better on abortion rights. I'm not advocating for a candidate. I really not. But if you're a Sanders supporter, look in the mirror and ask yourself, why am I so excited about this? Eric Mann is not going after Bernie. Bernie is going after us. Eric Mann is not going after Bernie. Bernie is going after the black community. Bernie is going after women. Bernie is going after third world people. I didn't make his choices. He could have given an impassioned, go back and listen to John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, listen to George McGovern, when Democrats, decent Democrats, yeah, at least knew how to say something about a moral world that they were trying to change. All right, now we're almost finished. I'm going to read a couple more, and then we're going to go to phones. I forgot, we're going to go to some phones so you can, oh, of course, 818-985-5735. I want to read two things really quick. I'm going to read the rest of them, and can we queue up uh, Elizabeth Warren on China? All right, thank you. That's Ricky Herrera. Um, Notice how many of these emails are from Bernie people, by the way, which is Mike Porn. Good evening, Eric Mann. I want you to know I left uh, a voicemail on Bernie's thing explaining I can no longer give my donations to support it if his current views, intervention in Venezuela continue, and that Nicolas Maduro was indeed democratically elected. Thank you for urging your listeners to do this. I'm glad I got off work early today to catch a very important show. I'm certainly going to sign up for your SoundCloud so I don't miss a beat. Thank you again, Mark Anthony H., an IBEW apprentice, which is great, International Brothers of Electric Workers. So there are union members who are listening to me and agreeing with what I'm saying. It means a lot. Um, This is really great. Hey, Eric, got through to a nice young man at Bernie's D.C. office. See, we said there's some nice guys there. Told him to inform Bernie he's wrong to label Maduro as a dictator and to stop the sanctions. I told him about the Venezuela now and gray zone sites which give factual reports. He said he would convey this info to Bernie, which is great. I also tell him to listen to WPFW for the truth and threw in a a pitch for Bernie coming out as anti-war. Exactly, Bernie. I use an old toll-free number and always get through, 866-220-0044. Have it memorized, especially between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. Pacific time. Appreciate your informative, coherent program and the enthusiastic motivation to do things to help expose the Stop the Masters of War. You see what's starting to happen on Voices Front? We're getting real listeners who who give a damn, who want to do something, who are writing really thoughtful things. And I want one more thing, Patricia. You know we disagree, but very thoughtful. I hope you understand. I hope I give you uh, the respect that you deserve for a very thoughtful letter. You see I disagree, but I read more of yours than anybody's. And if you disagree with me, I want to say again, you, I promise I'll give you respect and equal time on the show. That's the point. Oh, this is very important. Uh, you have a very good show on many issues. Thanks for all you do. I got this out to 20 e-lists and got some great reactions, only one not so good. I just returned from Venezuela on July 17th. My wife lives in Merida and I, or Merida, and I am having problems renewing my visa since Trump has closed all the consulates and the embassy of Venezuela there. Um, and that's Cord Green, 
who puts out the Los Angeles Alternative, L-A-A-M-N, Los Angeles Alternative Media Network. So thanks, everybody. There's even more, but I do want to get to the phones, 818-985-5735. But a coming attraction for next week, which is not going to be about Bernie, we're now going to deal with Elizabeth Warren and the attacks on China. Please go ahead, Ricky. Senator Warren, let me bring you in on this, this conversation. President Obama signed the Trans-Pacific Partnership. In part, it was designed to rein in China, to bring China in uh, to some kind of regulation. What do you think he got wrong? So our trade policy in America has been broken for decades. And it has been broken because it works for giant multinational corporations and not for much of anyone else. These are giant corporations that, shoot, if they can save a nickel by moving a job to a foreign country, they'll do it in a heartbeat. And yet, for decades now, who's been whispering in the ears of our trade negotiators? Who has shaped our trade policy? It's been the giant corporations. It's been their lobbyists and their executives. The way we change our trade policy in America is first, the procedures. Who sits at the table? I want to negotiate trade with unions at the table. I want to negotiate it with small farmers at the table. I want to negotiate it with environmentalists at the table. I want to negotiate with human rights activists at the table. And you asked the question about leverage. If I can just respond to that one. The leverage? Are you kidding? Everybody wants access to the American market. That means that we have the capacity to say right here in America, you want to come sell goods to American consumers, then you've got to raise your standards. You've got to raise your labor standards, and you've got to raise your environmental standards so our companies can compete on a level playing field. We can use trade not to undermine American workers and not to undermine American farms and not to undermine small businesses in this country. We can use trade to help build a stronger economy. All right. Now, folks, uh, I'm an equal opportunity anti-imperialist. Um, this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. This is KPFK, Voices from the Frontlines, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. Listen to her tone again. Now, there's Elizabeth. She's going to bring the Chinese in and say, listen, you have to raise your human rights standards. Elizabeth, wait, the United States is going to tell China to raise this, we have a, does China have a million black people in prison? 500,000 Latinos? Does China have the most prisoners in the whole world? No, that's the United States. Is China invading Venezuela? No, the United States is. Is China invading Nicar- um, Nicaragua? No, the United States is. Is China invading Iraq? No, the United States is. Is China invading Afghanistan? No, the United States is. But listen to what she's saying. If you want to sell your stuff, listen to that tone, that lecturing tone. You better shape yourself up to us white Americans saying to the Chinese who are colonized by the British, colonized by the U.S., colonized by the French, and have finally had their own country and are beating the United States in a fair and square capitalist world that the United States created, and now we're going to vilify China as well. Listen to the Democrats. I listen to the stock shows, among other things. That is to say, investment, CNBC. It's a very reactionary show. And what they say is, you know, the good thing is the Democrats are more hawkish on China than Trump. 
The Democrats are more hawkish about everything but Trump. The only thing that de- the Demo- we don't like about Elizabeth Warren is she's tough on U.S. businesses. But we like Elizabeth Warren and how she's attacking China. Is that what you want? Now we're going to move next week to all, we're going to listen to all the quotes about the trade war against China, listening to quotes about the war against Russia. To any of us who are working for, I don't care if it's Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, how about an anti-intervention, anti-war Democratic caucus, which I'm a little bit trying to encourage, not organized, but encourage. And that's what's starting to happen. We want to tell Elizabeth Warren, don't do that sweet talk about how you've been a school teacher. And then that that really arrogant tone towards uh, the People's Republic of China, which is, in fact, has far higher environmental standards than the United States. It's way ahead on many, many subjects. All right, you've heard me. You've been great. 818-985-5735. I will try to comment briefly, but more listen. So let's listen to Lake Elsinore. Uh, I don't know who the person's name is, but whoever you are, I'd like to hear you. I'm old Bill. Hey, Eric. Hey, Bill. I so appreciate your tireless effort and the history, long history of all the work you've done. I'm behind you 99%. (laughs) However, today, what I had the message from Bernie he was just using a general example as if it's good enough for them, why couldn't it be good enough for here? I don't think he was just addressing point, you know, he's addressed this issue several times when it's necessary or when it's uh, convenient, but um, he was not singling, I, got, I take, he wasn't singling anybody out, he was just being brief. All right, well, listen, Bill, I don't want, you know, I've had more than enough time. I appreciate you calling and if I get the 99% grade, I'll, I'll take it. That's pretty wow. pretty nice of you. You're the best, Eric. Thank you. All right. You take care of yourself. Amir in Woodland Hills. You're on Voices from the Front Lines with Eric Mann. Uh, hello. Um, I really like your show, and I uh, just wanted to make a comment regarding which Please. of the candidates are uh, hawkish and which ones are not. All of them seem to me to be hawkish except uh, Bernie Sanders because all of them uh, have uh, backed uh, the U.S. budget for military increase. Uh, the U.S. budget for military went from uh, around $150, $60 billion uh, during the Bush era and, uh, to $700 billion under, uh, to $600 billion under Obama, and then it's over 700 It's almost a trillion now. That's right. And uh, Elizabeth Warren has been one of the ones who has been uh, voting for it. Uh, same with Kamala Harris. And, of course, Biden has always been pro-war. So uh, if we're looking at a peace candidate, uh, the only one that fits the criteria by record would probably be Bernie Sanders. Let me just say one thing. Just think about this, Amir, and then I want to move on. It's thank you for the call. It doesn't take very much to vote against the military budget, which you're absolutely right, is up to $750 million billion, and I think we're doing some research. It's really, as you said, a trillion. If you know it's going to pass, uh, whatever, 350 to 10, he had a real chance. When he had his chance to be the peace candidate, he chose not to be on that show. That's all I'm saying. And I appreciate your call a lot. 
Um, I want to hear from Naomi in Santa Monica, uh, something about a Jewish, self-hating Jew. Uh, that's an interesting... Yes, Eric, I'm Jewish. I live in Santa Monica. Um, I just get the feeling, in fact, I'm sure that you never refer to Jews and their role in the civil rights movement. You only refer to black people. And I just know that you hate Jews, you hate Bernie's Jewish voice, but you love Elizabeth Taylor's dispassionate Christian voice. And I think you're very prejudiced and very narrow. And ask her what she thinks about Venezuela when nobody's listening. I don't think that you um, have considered that scenario. Well, it's a very serious uh, thought, so let me uh, respond. I take it seriously. Um, I'm, I'm a Jew. I think you know I'm a Jew. Uh, I wrote an article called Palestine Will Win, Reflections of a Self-Respecting Jew, um, because they called us a self-hating Jew. You could disagree with me. I mean, to call me a self-hating Jew is a, I mean, to go right after that, uh, I don't think that's true. Second thing is I've done lots of discussions about, did you know that a thousand white people went down in Mississippi and 500 were Jews? And I was, I didn't go to Mississippi, but I worked in the North. I've done a lot of work on Goodman and Cheney and, and Schwerner and uh, very proud to be a, an anti-racist Jew. But you know, black, I don't take any liberties with black people. I can't take liberties with, with Bernie as a Jew to some degree, where I am saying, this is not the Jews that my family were. My family were much more anti-fascist, very pro-black. At every chance, when Bernie is given a chance to be pro-black, he chooses not to. And don't tell me that you heard him some other time. We just go back and listen to the record. We just played what he did. If there's a little dig at a fellow Jew from a Jew, you may be picking that up. I'm allowed, there are black people allowed to challenge other black people to say, what's up with you? I would never do that. I'm very careful. I respect Bernie Sanders as a Jew. There's a lot of good things he does. But yeah, to listen to Bernie Sanders as a Jew, consistently, in my opinion, be unable to use the black word, unable to use the woman word, unable to use the Latina word, and what he just did about Maduro, if you picked up a little edge of, hey, fellow Jew, Bernie, I don't like how you're playing that card, you're right, but don't call me yourself. You can call me whatever you want, but I don't think that's fair. But it's okay. I heard what you had to say. Um, all right, Chewy La Puente. The, oh, the death of Hugo Chavez. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about the attack on Maduro, and yet, you know, with the investigation or just the, the analysis of the, the, the evidence on the death of Hugo Chavez and the CIA involvement in, in, in South America. Well, How the CIA, you know, involved in Chile, involved in Central America. Uh, Arafat in, in Palestine and his death and the connection of, uh, of, of, of the CIA. Thank you. You know, uh, Chuy, I, I don't, I don't want to take uh, listeners' time. Next week, I will just tell the story of how I witnessed the election of Hugo Chavez along with Manuel Criollo. We went down 2005 or 2006 to see the most amazing popular government 
election in, in, that I have never seen anything like that in the United States, although I did see it during the black civil rights movement when black people were so excited about having the vote. So you're absolutely right. More time for Hugo Chavez. Thank you for calling. Barbara and Gardino, I want to make sure people's points of view get on. You're on Voices yeah. from the Front Lines with Eric Mann. I haven't heard this yet, but it might have been said. But when Trump took Ivanka to China and she came back with all those contracts for her business, the Democrats said, hey, everybody, turn your head. Look, Ivanka got contracts, you know, because her father was busy, uh, did whatever. Biden was uh, vice president when his son walked away with a job to pay $50,000 a week. I don't want to hear about Ukraine at all. I don't want to give Ukraine any money for anything. But, I mean, these people are just kind of going a little bit whack. And the things that I care about seem like war, like poverty, are being overlooked for stupid stuff like to me, stupid stuff like I'm hearing day after day about uh, what this child uh, got because of his father. I don't want to hear any of that. It really is no of no great concern to me if it's of any concern at all. Thank you so much for calling. I'm going to use and thank you. I really appreciate your call. Oh, my God. Thank God. The Left Coast Forum next week, folks, we're going to spend a lot of time. Please join us. This is really important. I'll be there. Cheney Martinez will be there. Uh, uh, Dick Price and Sharon Kyle and uh, Bridget Amaya at, it's called the Centrality of Race and the Urgency of Movement Building, Friday to Sunday, October 11th to the 13th, 2019, on a Saturday accidentally. Would you, Voices listeners, come to our panel at 2.30 where the, the whole subject is going to be how the racial, social, and climate justice movements can play an independent role in the 2020 presidential election. That's what the show is trying to do. It's trying to say that we want Elizabeth Warren uh, to feel that she is under so much pressure in positive ways to do the right thing. We want Kamala Harris, whoever is going to be around in the California primary, please come out on a Saturday uh, to, to the Left Coast Forum. Go on the website, Voices from the Frontlines. Send me an email, eric at Voices from the Frontlines. Thanks for the generosity towards me. This is your self-respecting Jew, Eric Mann. Uh, Wishing you a happy holiday, and uh, thank you, Nina Simone. I, I I was pretty hurt by that. Actually, I just realized that it's okay. She had to say what she had to say, but I don't agree with it. So anyway, the point is, thank you, Bernie Sanders, for all you do good. For those of you who don't know, we gave him good marks at the Indigenous. Uh, presidential and we give him very bad marks on his own debate that's his fault not mine take good care follow us on soundcloud voices from the front lines follow us on soundcloud voices from the front lines give us a five star or 25 star thank you Cheney martinez thank you Ricky herrera and thanks everybody for being on voices from front lines see you next tuesday at three o'clock take good care of yourselves I'm